This episode of the Hoosier Experience Podcast is brought to you by The Daily Hoosier. The Daily Hoosier is an independent, small, locally owned business that covers IU athletics for no charge. It is a great place to find everything you need to know about Indiana athletics. You get in-depth IU athletics and recruiting coverage that's completely free. You need to check out the dailyhoosier.com. It's where I go for my IU news and notes. It's where IU fans assemble when they're not at assembly. Now, here's Don Fisher. Three seconds, two seconds. Riddell all the way outside the Watford. Three on the way. Oh! And one out! And one out! And Indiana wins the ball! On today's Hoosier Experience podcast, I am joined by recurring guest Dre Gibbs Lawhorn, a top 10 player in the class of 2023 who plays for McCutcheon in Lafayette. He has an IU offer. He has a Purdue offer. He's also suffered a a pretty bad injury, and he gives us an update on the timeline with that. Um, Dre is a great dude. Really love talking to him, and, and I'm glad to have him on the show. Super interesting interview, and Really encourage you to listen to this one. I think it's one of the best ones I've done because I really do think that he is, uh, for a kid is that young, is really intelligent and really has a good perspective on on some kind of deeper things that that go a little bit beyond basketball. So, really enjoyed this one with Dre. Hope you enjoy it as well. I will have a long, probably over an hour, uh, IU basketball preview episode with Nick Baumgart over at bombhoops.com. That will be out sometime this week. I'm not exactly sure yet. And then I will probably have, well, I will definitely have a, an Ohio State preview up with a, a media member to be determined. Haven't scheduled that yet, but I plan on having that up either Wednesday or Thursday. And then I'll be back with another instant reaction after the Ohio State game. Huge game, as we know, for IU. Um, check out the Daily Hoosier and my work for that. Um, I'll have previews and we'll, we'll we'll have it all covered over there at the Daily Hoosier. So check that out. I will have it covered on this podcast as well. Reminder to follow me on Twitter at Aiden Kunst, A-I-D-A-N-K-U-N-S-T. And at Hoosier EXP Pod, the podcast account on Twitter. Those are where you need to follow if you enjoy the podcast. Additionally, um, just wanted to comment on the Mason Miller situation since I don't know that I will be talking about that. He's obviously down to two schools, uh, IU and Creighton. Mason is the the talented four-star sharpshooter out of, uh, I think, Nebraska. I don't know exactly where he's from, but he's Mike Miller's son. He's an excellent player who is considering both IU and Creighton. Um, I'm a little in trouble as far as, or I think IU is a little bit in trouble as far as, um, whether or not they will actually secure Mason's services. We will see how that plays out. He's expected to make a decision soon. I don't want to say I use out of the race, but I, I something's telling me that Creighton may be the pick here. So that's going to be an interesting one to watch, as well as Aminu Muhammad, who seems to have IU squarely within his uh, list of contenders as well. So both will be important situations to watch for Archie moving forward, for the team moving forward. Um, and really, Dre, as I, I had on here, he's far away from a decision what a get he would be for Archie and this staff. He is a stud and I'm very interested to see how his recruitment plays out. Enjoy the episode with Draven Gibbs Lawhorn. Have a great week. Thank you so much. 
Welcome to another episode of the Hoosier Experience Podcast. My name is Aiden Kunst, and today I am joined by recurring guest, Dre Gibbs-Lawhorn. Dre has been on the show once before he came on with me in August, and, and since then uh, a lot has happened for him. A uh, couple D1 offers, IU, Purdue, rankings, and and even kind of in, in a bad way, that his injury. So, Dre, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. How about you? I'm doing good. Uh, happy to have you on the show, and you know, I look forward to this conversation. So, you know, I kind of want to get into just the injury because you and I talked about this kind of off the podcast and, you know, it just kind of sucks that uh, you've had this injury. So just kind of tell me, you know, just detail the injury for anyone who doesn't know. And and, and what was your reaction like when, when you heard that news? So um, we first went and got my, uh, got my foot checked. It was at the end of the uh, crossroads camp. And the last day, so the first day of the Crossroads camp, I was going, I wasn't feeling any pain. And I, I went up for a layup and got kicked dead in the center of my ankle. And so that's kind of what caused the pain. And then third day of the camp, I couldn't even walk. So um, I was I was going to start the rest of the camp. But then I got some medicine that my uh, teammate, teammate's parent had gave me some medicine and I took it and I felt better and I played on it. And that probably wasn't smart of me. So I go I go get it checked out. At first they said it was a um just a sore ankle or something. And so I came back three weeks later and it uh didn't feel didn't feel any better. So after that they told me I had had a um at first they said it was a fracture or like a, a stress fracture. And I've had it for like nine to ten months now. Had had a stress fracture before I had surgery. Hmm. And so they had finally, They said the uh, bone had finally just broke through, and that's what caused me to feel the pain. So you hadn't felt the pain beforehand, like in the months leading up to it? No. See, what had happened was um, the beginning of last season, my freshman season, I had a stretch fracture in my uh, on my left leg uh, in my uh, shin. I had a stretch fracture in my shin. So I had put so much pressure on my right leg that they said I had fractured my uh, ankle by just uh, being on my right leg all the time. Right. So you are – the report said that you are out for the season. Is that is that still correct? Is there any chance you could be back by sectional time or whatever the case? Um, I think I could be back by sectional time. Last time I went to the doctors, they said I was uh, progressing really well and I would be back between mid-January and late January. Okay, so you, you should make it back for the postseason – what is a, you know, what's a day like for you in terms of rehab? Uh, you told me, you know, you had some, some kind of workout this morning. Like, what is that like? What, what can you do right now? And, and how do you make sure you don't kind of re-aggravate it by doing too much? Um, so first, uh, so my schedule today is I have, I have therapy at 1245. I have my physical therapy. And then after that, I can walk now. So I'm off the crutches and I can walk. So after that, I go and I get up shots. I'll shoot um, I'll shoot 10 around, 10 back around. I'll make sure I get up at least somewhere to 200 shots, uh, free throws and threes. And then after that, I take a little break in around four today. I'm going to lift again. So it's just lifting and shooting pretty much right now? Yes, sir. And uh, rehab, which right. is just like uh, band work, you know, stretching my uh, – Achilles out and uh, basically just getting all um, my strength back in my right foot. Right. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about kind of, you know, what have you, I don't mean to get too deep here, but I do want to, I do want to ask you kind of, what do you, 
what have you learned about your relationship with basketball? You've had to take some time away from it. Have you had the chance to kind of think about just how much you love the game and how much you kind of want to get back to it? I would, I would, I would easily say it's probably been my lowest point of life, yeah. but I don't, I don't look at it that way. You know, I take it as a positive day to get back up, get in the gym and just keep coming back. And so I sticking with that mentality, it went from being a whole season to, Hey, I'm back by postseason. Right. And have you done any kind of reading or thinking? Obviously, like, there's so many examples out there, right, of, like, dudes coming back from injury at the pro level or the college level. Have you done any kind of, like, reading or research or, or thinking about maybe the benefits of, you know, overcoming adversity, some of the positives you can take away from, from something like this? Um, I take away – I look at it as taking away a lot of positives, like – um basically just resting you know I haven't had a break of basketball for like even over a week for dang near my whole life right I say so just this a uh, couple months of rest you know I look at it as a good way hey I need to rest my body needs to rest up um another way I look at it is putting in extra work it gives me more time to put in extra work um outside the court you feel me? Just push ups in the room, sit ups in the room. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Not, I'm not out all the time. You feel me? So I can just work out at the uh, at the house, just push up, sit up, stuff like that, and then go to the gym and work out. It just gives me more time to do more workouts throughout the day. And have you had any like, in terms of just like watching film? I don't know like how much someone as young as you would just like sit <clears throat> around and watch film. But is there kind of a? Oh, I- I do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like, is there kind of an added focus on, like, studying the game now that you can't actually play it for a while? Yeah, so what I would do is I'll watch some of my highlights from my AAU season, and I'll watch highlights from my high school season. And just seeing how I progress from high school to AAU is actually, for me watching, I think it's amazing because then I'm looking back in school ball, and I'm like, dang, I I have, like, six turnovers right now. What am I doing? Right, right. Yeah. Like, I'm sitting here just watching myself force things when I don't when they don't need to be forced. And I kind of look back in the AAU season, and I, like, I see, like, watching some of the games. I didn't really force as much, um, and I trusted my teammates more, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, talking about AAU, obviously you had the chance to play for a good amount of time before the injury with, with, uh, you know, Indiana elite that you play with, how did you feel your summer went just overall? Um, I know I remember watching you, I think it was, yeah, you played like Braden Smith and his grand park premier team and you guys had a good battle. I think he had like 39, you you had like 30, you know, how was your summer and, and what were kind of the, the best moments that, that you took away from your time this summer before the injury? Um, most definitely winning uh the circuit this year, the Midwest circuit. That was um that was a good milestone. I was I was playing on my I felt my ankle in that uh championship game too. I really wasn't playing my full, but we still got the win and got the championship. So that's a highlight I'd like to take from this summer. And of course being ranked, you know, um not every kid gets ranked. I don't really look at rankings like that, but it's always it's always good to have that notoriety. Right. I was gonna ask you about the ranking. So you know, uh, I think it was 247 Sports comes out with their 2023 rankings. And and I know you had been, I think, kind of further down before this, but they put you at number nine. Um, you know, what is how Again, like how give me a little more detail on how much you check rankings, how much you're aware of rankings and just kind of how that, you know, either motivates. I, I can't really say it motivates you because you're not like coming from a position where you're low and you think you're underrated. I Or maybe mm-hmm. you just. Maybe it's just like a, a situation where 
hey, I'm the best in the country. Like, I want to be number one. I don't, I'm not cool with number nine. What, what do you kind of think about that? Um, rankings are rankings. It's just a number. People say uh, numbers mean everything. I think that's a lie. Um, rankings, rankings really, to any kid out, to any, I'm going to give this advice to any kid out there. Okay, yeah, yeah, preacher. Rank, preacher. Rank, <laughs> rankings really do not mean anything. If you, if you see rankings come out and you know you're better than the kid, that's number one. Just go put in extra work. Make that motivate you. Make that one to take him down even faster. Like, just look at it as a positive. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, like, kids here, I mean, the class of 2023, of course, has gotten more kind of pub than, than most because of a guy like Mikey and a guy like Bronny. But, you know, what, you know, what do you kind of think about just the whole social media, the, the mixtapes and, and everything like that, where, you know, I feel like people just put an added importance on rankings and people put an added importance on, on highlights and stuff like that. But, but I feel like that's maybe not the stuff that's going to make you ultimately get to the league or, or wherever you want to go. I feel like it's more the little exactly. thing. So what do you think about that? I mean, I would say it's always cool here and there to have a little mixtape or something, but I would for sure not let it go to your head. Let's say your mixtape gets like, like a hundred thousand views. I wouldn't let it go to your head like that. I mean, that's just people tuning in. You still got to keep putting in the work. You can't think you're already top just because you got a hundred thousand views on the mixtape. You still got to keep putting that work in. And yeah. Not let and, people catch up. and does it take away from stuff like defense? Like where, you know, you're seeing these guys kind of, you, I don't want to put the blame or name names, but I, you know, you do see people around your age, your peers kind of cherry pick or whatever it may be where they're yeah. not really giving that effort on the defensive side of the ball, but, but that's a side of the ball that's going to make you money someday. So, you know, what do you kind of think about that and how have you kind of tried to focus on your own defense? I try to focus on my defense, mainly just keeping my man in front, um, making sure I'm on the midline to help my teammates if my teammates get beat. And I'll say from season to AAU season, my defense has gotten improved a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, even when I was in season, my defense was some games, it, was, it wasn't it was consistent. It really wasn't consistent. Some games it would be on fire. I have a couple, I had like three or four steals. Some games I wouldn't have a steal and I would let my man, I'd give up my man like 15 points, 15 to 20 points. Mm-hmm. But um, coming into the AAU season, my uh, defense really, really tightened up. And, and do you think that's maybe because you're in, in AAU, you're not forced to be the guy on offense? Like with McCutcheon, not, I'm not trying to say anything about your teammates at McCutcheon, no, but great. obviously you were the, the number one option, kind of the scorer on offense. Is it hard to kind of stay locked in on defense when you're shouldering that kind of load on offense? No, I mean, honestly, not really. Because if, if you're a great basketball player, like Michael Jordan says, you got to be able to do it on both ends. Mm-hmm. So if you're going out dropping 30 and having like five or six steals, that's that's what every coach needs. And that's kind of where I want to develop my game to be. And I would say this AAU season, that's what I have more of. I would say I would go out and have like 20-something points. You feel me? Like right. three or four, four or five steals and like a couple blocks. Right, that's, right. That's, my, that's a way better stat line than I would have in uh, when I was in high school season having like 20 points and like only three rebounds. Right. And, you know, with McCutcheon, what kind, I'm curious, what kind of defense – do you guys run just straight man? Do you mix in zone? What's your kind of game plan with McCutcheon? Uh, we mix it up a lot. We, we go man, we'll go zone, we'll do anything really just to help us win the game depending on the scouting report. 
And how much confidence do you have in your guys there at McCutcheon, obviously, with you missing the majority of the season to kind of hold down the fort before you get back? I got a lot of confidence in my guys like uh, Chase Starr, Joe Fennessy, um, Alan Bernardis, all them guys. I think uh, my injury is going to make them step up even more. So I got a lot of confidence in those guys. Yeah, absolutely. And then one more question kind of just about your your game right now the assists and I don't want to, you know, criticize you, but, but, you know, mm-hmm. 1.3 assists last year, I think it was, I know you yeah, that's are. A, that's yeah. another thing. Um, coming into the AAU season, my assists improved a lot. Um, I went from like only having like 1.3 in uh, high school to having like four or five, at least a game, I'd say at least a game. Right. And is that, is that a focus for you? And also how do you kind of, you know, when, when you're not, when you're not uh, when you're not when you're not playing, when you're not actually in games, when you're sidelined with the injury, how do you kind of focus on improving passing and defense? Because I feel like that's stuff that is is much easier to improve just kind of playing games. You know, what do you think about that, and how have you kind of attacked the passing and the defense and the rebounding and the stuff you know you need to work on with your injury? Um, so right now I really haven't been like putting like beer with like, like trying to like, uh, run or jump. I just been getting up shots. Right. But right. I just been, like I said, I just been watching film, uh, looking at like the position I was high school versus the position I was in, uh, like my defensive position I was in the AAU season. And it's just a lot has changed since then. And my defense has really improved, I'd say. Mm-hmm. So looking at the the recruitment side of things, obviously, you know, you get the offer from IU, you get the offer from Purdue. Those two programs don't really give out a lot of uh, offers to to sophomores, right? I mean, they're not, uh, you know, they're not giving them just left and right. Obviously, it's it's an impressive thing to get them at this stage in your career. You know, what was your kind of feeling when you got both of those? And then, you know, I'll ask you a little bit more about obviously the IU side of things. Uh, I mean, it's it's always a great feeling. You know, no kid usually that plays basketball that's only a freshman or a sophomore in high school usually gets an offer, let being known, let that being known, a high major D1 offer. So it felt great. Is that a flex for you amongst your friends who, who I'm sure are you and <laughs> Purdue fans? <laughs> um, You know, it's not really a flex, but they get into a lot of arguments. Like I have friends that's IU friends and Purdue friends, and we'll all hang out. And I'm like, you know, he's going to IU, right? I'm like, no, he's going to Purdue. Or they'll right. be like, no, he's going to Purdue. Right, right. And how do you do you I'm just like, guys, just calm down, man. We'll <laughs> yeah. be ready to get into a fight over what school I'm going to. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, how often do you talk to IU? Because obviously, this is an IU podcast, so I'm not going to spend time with Purdue. We don't, we don't want to do that here. Uh, <laughs> you know, how often do you talk to IU and, and who's who are, who is your contact there? Do you have a specific coach that talks to you? Or is it just kind of uh, different, different, you know, coaches and, and guys? Um, I'd say I probably talk to IU. Um, I'd say once or twice a month, I'd say I talk to IU. Right. But how, do, and how does that compare to other contact with other schools? Is that just kind of standard for someone your age or is that more or less than other places? Um, I mean, probably not gonna like I said, I talk to Purdue probably the same amount each month, right? But that only, only IU and Purdue, I really don't talk to any other schools like that. Um, obviously, the school that's been wanting to contact me recently has been Kentucky, okay? Um, but I haven't contacted them yet. I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to do it sometime throughout this week or next week, 
and is that contact it's probably not too in depth right i mean with all the schools not just iu but you know at, at your stage being a sophomore being someone who uh you know has some time to go is that contact just hey checking in is it like detailed zoom meetings i assume it's not but maybe it is i, I don't uh-huh. know it, it just be phone calls most of the time yeah yeah that doesn't shock me uh you know how how good though does it feel to have offers from obviously indiana basketball states two big 10 programs at at your age i mean how how cool is that uh repeat that again kind of lagged i'm sorry no you're good uh you know how does it feel to just kind of have offers from the state's two big big 10 programs at at this point you know in your in your career uh it feels good like i said um like everybody will get into a fight about it and i'm like guys just relax (laughs) like right just chill out but it honestly feels good because you know like once you get uh two big 10 offers from from the top schools in the state everyone's after that in the States pretty much gonna know who you are and support you. So mm-hmm. I've had, uh, I've had a lot of supporters um, reach out to me and just said, I, you man, boiler up. And he said, no matter what your decision is, I'm always going to support you. No, that's, that's always um, cool. Just like thinking or knowing that your state supports you. Yeah. But I'd be interested also, and, and I'm not disagreeing with you here, but I would, I would be interested to get your take on kind of, how do you kind of, focus on who really has your back versus who's like oh we just want you to go you know what I mean like yeah yeah like how do you kind of do you read through the lines there do you just kind of say like oh whatever thank you you know what I mean like yeah so yeah I'll just be like of course they're like they're they're supporting you feel me yeah yeah so I always like thank you thank you for supporting me it really means a lot and then always know who my real people are I like if you're not my family or one of my good friends I've known for a couple of years now I really don't look at you the same. No, no offense to anybody. Like I'm really grateful. I'm grateful. I'm really grateful that I have those supporters, but if you're not my family, you can't, you can't really. Right. You have to take it with a grain of salt. Right. I mean, yeah, it's just hard to, to really uh, appreciate that. But, you know, I want to ask you too, a couple more things about IU. What do you feel like, you know, about Indiana, because you obviously have this relationship with the Finnessy family, you know, have they told you anything about the program? Obviously we know Rob is there. Has that, you know, given you any kind of insight knowledge or, or, or just what do you kind of feel about the program at this stage? And I know it's early. I mean, never, uh, Rob, Rob, Rob's family are a great family. They haven't really gave me no, uh, inside knowledge, but they'll reach out to me saying that like, Hey, coach wants to talk, uh, my high school coach, Coach Shio, reached out to me saying that Coach Archie wants to talk. And, of course, I can't uh, – they can't reach out to me yet, so I have to reach out to them. Right. But, right. Um, yeah. So you, it's you who initiates that call with Archie if he, if he like, makes it known that he wants to talk. Yeah, I, I got to call every coach because uh, right now I'm not young enough for the coach – or old enough, I'm sorry, old enough right, for the right. coaches to be calling me. I'd be interested to see your opinion on kind of as you start to – not that you're close, but as you start to kind of work your way towards a decision, how interested are you in seeing how Christian Lander does at IU to kind of help you learn about the fit? Because I know last time I had you on the show, I was like, yeah, like I see a lot of Christian Lander in your game, obviously two, you know, quick guys, uh, kind of smaller dudes, but, but who played the point, what do you kind of, you know, what is your take on that? How, how interested are you in seeing how, how he does to kind of assess whether it'd be a good fit for you there? Um, I'm sure no matter like how Archie's coaching him or how he coaches Christian Lander is going to have an amazing year for sure. Right. 
Um, but uh, that's that's like I like you were saying, that's something really you you should pay attention to if you're a recruit for any team, honestly. Right. See right. how they play their point guard or the position you play, see how they play them and how free they let them be or how like how much they want them to run the offense. You feel me? Yeah, 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 totally. And and is that like give me kind of your, you know, because I'm always interested that when I talk to recruits, I'm always interested to see how you kind of rank and I don't need obviously you're younger than most guys I have on here. You obviously are further away from making a decision, but how do you rank kind of the, the factors of a school when you, when you think to yourself about, Oh, this is where I would want to play. When you think to yourself about that, how do you, in your mind kind of say, okay, this is what's most important to me about choosing a school versus this. What, what are some of those things that you rank highly in terms of what you want in a school? Mostly just watching, like, like we said, just watching I say play like, for me, I'm a combo guard, so you like you kind of have to let combo guards play freely a little bit. I feel. Yeah. So yeah. I would just look and see like the combo guards that's out there, like how how free the coaches let them play. Right. That's a good point because I think when I watch your <laughs> film, you're such a you're someone who, if you're forced to play within a certain structure, you may not be able to maximize yeah. your full potential. You know what I mean? Of course. And um, like like I'm saying, like if a coach even. Like if a coach needs you to run the offense, I'm not saying like go down and force a shot. No, but you're a scorer. Like, yeah. though. you're a scorer. I mean, I'm you're a not. Scorer, you're gonna want to run the offense through me. Right. And, I mean, uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't think you're the the you know Chris Paul kind of pass first type, and that's not a bad thing. That's just your style. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's more of a point guard who can score, and I think quite honestly, that's a situation where your game is more translatable to where basketball is going. What do you think about that? Because you know, we see these point guards now in the NBA who are score first. You know, it's almost like you need to be able to give you 30 as a point guard now. You know what I mean? With with yeah. Curry and Lillard and, and all these guys who are coming into the league as scorers and scorers first. Is that something you're focusing on? Obviously, that's your game right now. Is that something you think gives you kind of an advantage as far as being a modern day point guard? Yeah, Um Scoring for I'm a, I would say I'm most definitely a score first point guard, but I'm always gonna make the right play. So if I if I'm driving, and this is something I've had to learn throughout the year. Uh, in high school season, I didn't do like really good with like driving and kicking. Really, I would force up a shot. But I say over the times being, I've gotten a lot better at driving, kicking, finding the open man. Mm-hmm. For sure, and you know, I'd be interested to see because. Anyone who watches any kind of live sports now, as I have been doing uh, college football and the NBA, sees you just about every five minutes in that Gatorade commercial. Uh, I mean, you're just everywhere. And I do tell my friends, I'll flex it. I'll flex it. I'm like, yeah, I've talked to this guy. I I talk to this guy all the time. They're like, oh, yeah, that's cool. So thank you for that. Giving me a flex. Uh, You know, what goes through your mind when you see that Gatorade commercial? Is it kind of like at this point, it's probably just like, oh, yeah, it's whatever. But but I'm sure at least at the start, it was it was pretty cool. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, I really don't watch like live TV like that. I so you don't like, really see it. You don't really see it live because yeah, I'm telling I, you, it's everywhere. <laughs> it, like I really do not see it. Like even on my Snapchat and Instagram, I, I don't have Snapchat right now. But even when I did, I would not even see it. And people would be sending me Snapchats of like of the ad of me being in the ad of them like seeing me, and I'm like, like I get the same ads, but I'm not in them. Right. It was huh. like a, a different extended version. And I'm like, well, that's weird. Right. 
like they just hacked my phone or something or my accounts yeah yeah but it, i'm sure it's cool for you to to be in that and and get the attention that that comes with that oh yes yeah, sir like every day i'll uh, wake up uh the next morning like after a big game nba game and if like any game had happened and i'll have like 100 Inst- or snapchats of me just being on their tv Oh, that's probably brutal to sort through, though. Like, oh uh, yeah, I don't even <laughs> open them most of the time. Yeah. Uh, that that brings me to another point that I wanted to get your your uh, kind of thoughts on. Is it kind of hard to be this young but already have so much attention coming your way? And and for you, obviously, that's even more amplified because of this commercial. Uh, but you know, just in general, I think a lot of people your age are are getting more attention than ever before because of social media and. And things like that you know what do you kind of how do you process that and and how do you kind of manage that whether it's taking a social media break or, or whatever something of that nature uh so yeah i take i i tend to take a snapchat break so that's what i do okay. i usually never delete my instagram unless like it gets really really crowded like yeah. after um i first started blowing up with the uh Gatorade and my ranking. I'm not gonna lie. I had to delete Instagram for a little bit mm-hmm. until yeah. like my my DMs had to wear down a little bit before I could like sort through them. So there's a lot of people I haven't uh really answered back to yet. And if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. Text <laughs> me and I'll answer you back now. All right. So text him. Don't snap him. Uh, or or you may not be uh getting a response anytime soon. <laughs> um, what do you think? I want to ask you just a few more questions. You know, what do you think about the the transfers? Because this is something that you're someone who I'm not sure if you've grown up in in Lafayette. I, you could answer that. But, you know, yes, sir. Yeah, you have. So, you know, McCutcheon yeah. is your hometown high school or whatever. But, you know, you're seeing a lot of guys, I think, who are who have similar rankings to you. And I don't want to say, you know, these rankings can fluctuate. And as you said, don't don't really listen to rankings. But it is kind of the only measuring stick we have. Right. Because. We can't sure. really, we can't watch all these guys who are your age. Um, guys like that, you look at my, bring up Mikey, obviously, who's transferred to this Lake Norman in North Carolina. And what do you think about all these transfers? I'm, I'm not trying to get you to say you're going to transfer or whatever, but I do, I am interested in your opinion on kind of the, the idea that a lot of these guys are now leaving their hometown school and, and, and trying to go to a prep school, whether it's obviously a, a La Lemire is nearby to you, but, Oak Hill and, and Montverde and all these kind of big power schools. And you get a lot of guys who transfer to a place like that. So what's kind of your thought about that? Um, You know, for me, if anybody, I don't care if you're fishing is your sport, I would say whatever you feel is best for you in your life and that you have to go out and do, you just go do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the right, the right attitude. I mean, I'm not trying to hate on those guys. I just, um, we do see a lot of it, you know, we do see a lot of it and uh, it's coming, I think earlier and earlier in people's careers. So I'm interested in that, but you know, I, I am. Go ahead. Yeah. But no, I would say like, if you got friends out there and uh, you tell them you're transferring and they're not down with it, they want you to stay and they really just don't support it. Are are they your true friends? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's a good point. If your friend don't support you, they can't be your true friends. All your friends got to support your decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think that, you know, that just is what it is. I mean, if of course, they would like you to stay, but that doesn't mean that they're necessarily against you. Uh, you know, they're. I think they are kind of against you if they're not going to be just happy for you. 
Um, yeah, your friends are always supposed to be happy for you, I say. I agree with that. I agree with that. No matter um, what, friends or family. How do you, as such a kind of young young kid almost, I want to say, uh, even though I'm just a freshman in college, but, you know, what is it, how do you kind of handle all this pressure and, you know, you have the injury you're rehabbing with and you have these rankings that people are, you know, snapping you all the time and you have school, I'm sure, even though it's probably online, you know, what what is it like to kind of, how do you handle all this pressure at such a young age? And, and what, do you have any kind of, do you have any kind of particular advice or mentality that you use to deal with all the pressure that comes on someone who's, you know, a top 10 recruit? Meditating, honestly, meditating. Really? Is that something you do? Just taking, I honestly didn't start doing it until recently. I had a friend uh, tell me to start meditating. And at first I was like, what are you talking about meditating? Who meditates? Right, right. And so, um, one day I just, I, I was having a horrible day. You feel me? Um, just, I thought I could, I just wanted to go to sleep and just sleep the rest of the day. I where I had like another workout to do. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to sleep. So I just meditated and I felt, I felt a lot more calm when it worked out and I felt amazing after that. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's interesting because you just have to, I think, I think when you're someone like yourself and not that I can really relate to having this much kind of pressure, but I do think you have all this pressure on you. You have to find some way to kind of take a break. You know what I mean? Yeah, sir. So, okay. Final question for you. I, I want to, I want to ask this to you because it, it just jumped into my mind as I was watching film. Uh, is there a reason why you wear the number four? <laughs> um. Yeah. So before season, my dad was like, what number do you want, man? And this was before last was, season for freshman uh, season. Yeah. Before freshman okay. season. He was like, what number do you want, man? And I kind of wanted a number that had a meeting to it. Like, I was uh, number 11 for AAU before that. And I was like, but I really don't have a meeting to number 11. Right, right. So I was like, you know what? My goal in high school is to be that man all four years. Just be that guy. Be the go-to guy. You feel me? Like, okay, yeah. Need a yeah. Bucket, be that all four years. So that's why I really stuck with the number four. Okay, see, that's a great story. As I always get these good stories when I ask people <laughs> what numbers they wear. I'm going to keep doing that for the future uh dre appreciate you coming on man anyone who uh is watching any kind of live sports this is the guy who does that dunk at the end and hangs on the rim and looks at you uh <laughs> in the gatorade commercial this is him he's uh has an iu offer as well super great dude i appreciate you coming on man and best of luck with the rehab i hope you come back and, and tear it up in january yes sir thank you appreciate it sir <laughs>